I'll fight you. I'm kidding. Don't fight me. I'm not kidding. I will fight you. Welcome to episode 6 of Podigis, your weekly critically nostalgic analytical tour through the Digimon multiverse. I'm Jeff Ruberg, and I'm joined by Ashley McDonald. Yo. And Asher Softman. Yellow. This week, we're covering the digital world section of the Myotismon arc, so here's a quick recap. We pick up directly after Tai and Agumon return to the digital world. In episode 22, forget about it, Tai and Agumon play Who's That Digimon? It's Tokemon! They reunite with TK, whose new friend Demi Devimon tries to peer pressure them into trying psychedelic mushrooms. Ninja Sora foils Demi Devimon's plot and Tokemon finally digivolves into Patamon to boom bubble Demi Devimon. In episode 23, where Garurumon's diner, Joe becomes an indentured servant to an egghead. Matt tries to win Joe's freedom, but is thwarted by Demi Devimon. Ninja Sora foils Demi Devimon's plot, and Garurumon learns how to scramble an egg by becoming a werewolf and growing a pair of pants. In episode 24, no questions please, Demi Devimon traps Izzy in an underground outer space, forcing Izzy to forfeit his curiosity to an alien and become super creepy. Demi Devimon tries to buy Izzy's crest from the alien, whilst Ninja Sora takes a rest off screen. Pentamon undergoes Digivolution mood swings before reaching his mega form, er, sorry, his confusingly named ultimate form. In episode 25, Princess Karaoke, Joe and Tai find Mimi, who has become a spoiled princess with magically improved singing talent. Demi Devimon schemes to give Mimi everything she wants, but Ninja Sora foils Demi Devimon's plot. Mimi sings some karaoke and wakes up a giant evil Buddha statue who is destroyed by Metal Greymon. In episode 26, Sora's Crest of Love, Ninja Sora gets ambushed by her friends, who demand to know why she's been hiding from them. She explains the meanings of the crests, and then cries because her mom wouldn't let her play soccer. The kids are attacked by Myotismon, and Sora realizes her mom did love her, activating Bergeron's Digivolution to Garudamon. In episode 27, The Gateway to Home, Jinai explains to the kids that there is an 8th Digidestin, and that Myotismon is about to go to Japan to find her. Agumon and Palon go undercover and get one of Myotismon's generals drunk on soda, soda, which allows everyone to enter the castle. They chase Myotismon to the gate, but are all defeated by a little cat, and the gate closes in their faces. In episode 28, it's all in the cards. The kids go to Jenna's house under the sea where he tries to sell them a children's card game. The Digidestin return to Myotismon's castle and open the portal to the real world by believing in the heart of the cards. That was amazing. It's true. It's true. Oh it was amazing because it was terrible, right? Yeah. yeah actually. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't, I, when I, whenever I like did that in my head before, I would start singing before under the sea. Did I do that? Or did no. it sound right? You were good. Okay. You got it. <laughs> By okay. good, I don't mean good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, okay. For. okay. Okay. So now let's talk about the structure of this arc. The structure of this arc is they actually do something with their crests this time. <laughs> Some of them. Some and of they them. get back together. This is the first time I really, really, really saw the teamwork. I saw where everyone was slotting in as part of the team and how they fit together. Hmm. No? No, I agree. Okay. Um, no, I don't know where Mimi is. Well, I mean, it's. I alluded to this before when the uh, second half of the Devimon arc, which is similar in some ways, uh, how in that arc they kind of are all separated and come back together because they have to. And in this arc, it's about they are all competent enough to stay on their own in the digital world and they're not they're not at risk of dying on their own. But this is about them deciding to come together because they want to. Um, yeah. I actually took some issues... There are some lines where they imply that Demi Devimon is the reason they split apart. And I think that's consistent in both the dub and in the original Japanese. Um, I find this problematic because 
most of what's hinted at is that they didn't want to be together. They had all they all had their own reasons to split apart, and this is about them coming back together. So making it about how Demi Devimon split them up takes away some of that. Well, Demi Devimon is an interesting character in that he is very weak. He's weaker than Patamon, which is ridiculous. But um, he's not. He doesn't make anyone do anything. He's a tempter. I find I found it fascinating that the first Digimon we see TK really interacting with besides Patamon is a, a little devil thing. The first Digimon or the first evil Digimon? Well, I mean, he's he interacting with Elecmon. He's yeah, but even then, it was like him and Patamon with Elecmon. Oh, so you mean like on his own? On his own. And I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Gabumon went and gave him a hug, but that was on Matt's orders, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count. In that hope was corrupted not corrupted he he actually lost hope he didn't care about he didn't have any hope that matt would return to him he didn't have any faith that anyone would come back to him this is actually my favorite arc we've watched so far mm. i definitely think it has the most interesting elements yeah i'm not uh, gonna say the word interesting so oh crap <laughs> it's okay i forgive you <laughs> That's an interesting point. You also said it, so... Did I? Yeah. Oh, I forgive myself, too. (laughs) I didn't understand most of their motivations for splitting up. Yeah. The point that Sora overheard Demi Devon's explanation of the tress... Then left yes. on her own, and then it all spired. I don't understand. No, no, no. She, she definitely left before that. She she right. heard the motivations before, or like while she was on her own, because it was in a different she setting. She okay, was in so the then desert. I don't understand left. anything oh. at all. I mean, I, I mean, she said. I think what's stated is that she wanted to find Ty on her own. Mm. That's gross. And I think, and I think the thing is that this they weren't able to explain very well how the kids kind of wanted their own space. And that's something that I resonate with emotionally, even though they can't really explain that well in the text. Because I feel like to explain that takes a lot more. It's an emotional argument. That I feel like there is a whole conversation between Matt and Joe when they reunite where Matt is like, why did you leave? And Joe like just says some gibberish that I'm like, did, what? Was there any explanation in that? No. Like... And I can't remember how they split up. It's a it's a pretty weak excuse overall. But like at the same time, I can see it happening without them like... Like understanding why it's happening and how it's happening. Right. It, I think it's one of the most real thing that's happened in the show. Like, yeah, it, it is. But the explanation is super weak. Right. It's not analogous, <laughs> but it is it is exactly what happens to real friends. Like people grow apart. Like it's not that crazy. Um, people just have divergent interests. And what I find most ridiculous about it is that they split up in the desert. Like it would make more sense if they <laughs> walked like five feet to the other settings and split up once they were in a place that wasn't so dangerous. But to be like, like they should stick together when they're in the desert. Like, um, they should stick together period i was so when the first thing tk says in episode 21 is like when you're lost you're supposed to stay together and i have have it written down in all capitals <laughs> why is he the only one who makes sense the thing is like there, there was no, there was no more threat anymore they had no way of finding home they had no thing they had to band together to fight and they just had different things they wanted in life i just think it's because things fall apart and the center cannot hold <laughs> Can you quote something else, Ashley? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that they they really did lose... They all lost hope, I think. They lost direction, and they got literally lost. Yeah. Yeah. I am just not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's... At, like, I think you're not, you're not buying the, the explanations they gave in the show. I mean, it's still stupid that they split up, because the, digi- yeah. the digital world is never going to be a safe place. There's always going to be a threat. And they know that. 
Right. And they left TK by his own, on okay. his own. That is yeah, the dumbest that thing. Was super, yeah. So, so that's stupid. Like, why didn't Matt <laughs> yeah. just take TK on the boat? Like, there's no reason. I mean, he that. was doing it because he was trying to scout out the area, and then he got wrapped up in whatever Joe was doing. But it's still a stupid, stupid excuse. He would have left. Right. There's there's no reason to assume that that theme park where he left TK was safe. I know. That, too. There's no Matt's, reason to assume anything. <laughs> yeah. It was all stupid. But then, like, we got into a lot of really cool uh, psychological things with all the characters. Yeah, I think I think what it reveals is more that I think it just reveals how slapping the writing is that they have these interesting things they want to get to and they can't exactly connect the dots in a perfectly reasonable way. So they don't. Right. And <laughs> I guess it, it doesn't matter so much because like, well, the dots that they get to are interesting and the connections aren't the important part. But it is the difference between like something that is good and great, something that like is internally consistent yeah. and goes an extra mile to make sure that everything fits together. And yeah. It's sad that it's, this is not that, but but it's still pretty cool for other reasons. You say so. I also thought it was cool that the uh, Mimi's episode was the title's reference to Princess Mononoke. Uh, <laughs> so the, the title is Princess Karaoke and uh, yeah. Princess Karaoke. And uh-huh. yeah, and I, I looked into this because I was like, did, had Mononoke, had Princess Mononoke come out at the time? Yes. And I'm a little confused because it came out in Japan in 1997. It premiered in the US in theaters on October 1999. So which that would have been enough time, I presume, for them to have written it into this episode. But then it didn't go on DVD in the US until September of 2000, which is after this. And apparently the, the theater reception was pretty lackluster. So what does it matter, though? Like, well, I wonder, like, is it what people have known about? I guess if as long as Jeff Nimoy, whoever wrote the title, knew about it that's all that matters to make it a reference yeah and if it was out in japan like three years before the series came out then but it wasn't called princess mononoke in japan so it could also just be a coincidence yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like there was a quote in uh the episode where edamon is revealed or first appears in japanese the title is the title is aku no hanamichi which i was like oh, that's a reference to aku no hana which was an anime that came out i think in the past two years um it was a manga before that but it was a manga way after the show aired and it's based on a book that the title is flowers of evil in less translated from french but i'm pretty sure it's not a reference and that's just coincidence but yeah it just shows the lack of creativity humans have okay or jeff nimoy but i like jeff i want to like him maybe i shouldn't say negative things we shouldn't say negative things if you want him to be on the show. Do you no. want him to be on the show? Yeah, Jeff? You want him I, I was thinking like you really maybe think someday. That's a thing? I... I was thinking maybe someday, you know? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's possible. It is within the realm of things that could happen in a universe. <laughs> I had two favorite moments, not really episodes. So the first one was in the episode, in the second episode of this arc, uh, Where Garuman's Diner. That's what it's called, right? It's a stupid name. Yes. Yes. That's a stupid, that's an idiotic name. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's a reference to something. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know how to look that up. <laughs> so it's the, it's the moment where... I think Demi Devimon plants the idea in Matt's head that Joe is intentionally messing things up to get Matt to be unable to leave. And I think that was one of the first moments in the show where it was like, aside from the team splitting up and that being a parallel to how friends grow apart. But that was the first moment where I was like, this is actually a pretty big moral dilemma. Like, there's no way for Matt to actually know whether Joe is intentionally sabotaging things or whether he is just a goofball. And it was actually like hard. There was no obvious thing for Matt to do to fix that situation. And you could actually 
actually sympathize with him. We're like, in this situation, I wouldn't know what to do. I feel like every other, up to this point, it's been clear what the person should do or whatever. And I found that interesting. Ah, interesting. And the other interesting point, I, the other, my other favorite moment was the, the whole like idea of Sora staying away from the team and not wanting to face them. I guess this arc in general, I just feel like there's a lot of raw emotion that I connected with. I think we're going to talk more about that, that device and everything about Sora later. So I don't want to get too far into it, but I really like that, especially looking back. I have to completely disagree with you. <laughs> I like their emotions are so silly and contrived within because they are so bad at making plot. Like if you want to go get deep emotions, go read some like Maggie Stiefvater crap. That's like just straight up people feeling raw emotions, but like for somewhat legitimate reasons, this is just terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I actually like a lot of the emotions here, although I I don't identify with the drifting apart of friends as much as Jeff does. For me, it's more the different ways each each kid responds to adversity, to being alone, to being about to die in some cases, to to different... I don't want to say stimuli. That sounds weird. Sounds very scientific. (laughs) Each kid is lost in their own way. And watching it this time, watching it for that, watching it for things to say about that was... It actually brought some things around for me for a lot of the characters. I I really enjoyed this arc. I mean, it was still the best arc we watched. It doesn't make it good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, so... I, I I like the emotions... I don't like any of the plots. <laughs> they were all silly. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. A lot of the plotting is contrived, and I, w- I would totally not be surprised if they, in planning and writing these episodes, had the emotions first, and they were like, how do we get these situations yeah. set up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ashley, do you have actual favorites or just things that you hate about us? No, do I have actual favorites? <laughs> I mean, I have a very strong love-hate relationship with Sora's episode. Mm-hmm. Like, there are very much moments where I'm like, oh no, she and Ty, like, ran into each other. Oh my god, we're gonna have this dramatic, like, getting back together scene. Oh no, because this show is horrible. <laughs> and, like, and, like, I don't even want that anyway. <laughs> And it's gross. Mm. There, there's some. I think we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk more about that episode, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Because oh, sure there's some. If there's some differences in the Japanese that I think you'd find interesting, actually. Uh, some really? things that are made much more explicit, like you lines of Ty me. saying explicitly, "I want Sora to love me." What? Whoa! Wait. Who? Whoa! So it's. So I'll guess I'll repeat myself later. But um, but in the ending scene, do you remember when Mimi puts a bunch of rocks or pebbles or seeds in Joe's hand? Yeah, is like, I do remember that. What do they say? Like, here's why you felt bad or something? Yeah. Something so, really so weird. In Japanese, that's actually Sora and Biomon are talking and they're both being like, oh, I, I'm so glad that like we have each other's affection and because like love such affection or the yeah, same yeah, word yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And for some reason, the sub uses affection when it's like clearly should be love. But I guess they want to make a list explicit that little kids are loving each other. And <laughs> so then they're talking about that. And then Ty overhears it. They're all sitting next, next to each other. And Ty is like, I want Sora's affection, too. And then ugh, I can't remember exactly what happens. But then Joe is like. Oh, Ty, why do you want that? And then TK makes fun of Joe for blushing. And then Mimi's like, here's my affection and gives him those seeds. Oh, yeah, because that's the same what? word. So I looked into I couldn't find, like, I, I looked into I couldn't find any word that sounds like. There is a plant. I'm pretty sure there's Oh, a is plant. it a plant named Ijo? I think so. Because there were in, when I was looking this up, the, um, there's one definition for Ijo, which is called Ijo. And I was like, what does that mean? I, I want 
to read you mine. I said, what is this Joe has nuts in his pocket thing? That came out dirty, yeah. <laughs> uh, I figured it was some weird Japanese reference because I was like, this is too dumb to exist. But <laughs> oh, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Thanks, Ashley. Now you all know my dirty mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I can't yeah. find I can't find any plant named Ijo. I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure it's a thing. I don't I feel like we talked about it in Japanese poetry class. Oh, fancy. But I don't I don't remember. Yeah. Ooh, I went to fancy school. Japanese poetry class? Uh you remember the class I took with um Professor Viswanathan? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leaves of words. Something, something, something. It had a really long title. I just called right. it Japanese class, even though it wasn't actually Japanese. <laughs> Press. So Sora was the only one who knew what everyone's crest was, even though I'm going to ignore the errors in translation where Mimi knew hers was whatever the hell hers is, sincerity. sincerity. Yes, I think so. So Mimi knew hers, Mimi knew hers as soon as she got hers in that episode. No, uh, I don't accept that. <laughs> oh, no, no, so sorry, I'm just saying the, the errors. I'm listening yeah. to errors. And Ty, we're pretty sure that Ty said something in that arc, too, where he knew that his was courage. And Joe, in this arc, I'm pretty sure it mentions having the crest of friendship before they find out. Joe? Sorry, Matt. <laughs> so I was like, why would Joe know that? We're fair. <laughs> oh, that, that'd be so sad if, like, Joe thought he had the crest of friendship. <laughs> and then it was like, you don't have any friends. You're the, you're the crest of reliability. <laughs> That would have been better. That hurts me. That hurts me personally, Jeff. That would have been amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Well, anyway, so Sora's the only one who knows, and then Sora's the only one who doesn't believe that her, that, you know, she's capable of achie- achieving her attribute, which is love. I think this is the most interesting part of the arc, because then it's, you never know what your greatest attribute is until then it's kind of a horrible moral because other people have to show you (laughs) what you're worth i guess yeah i mean in some ways no your self-worth has to come from inside but in other ways like no no what is anything worth in a vacuum you know yeah Hmm. and um i don't know i guess i accepted sora knowing things a for the sake of just moving this plot along and B, for because she overheard Demi Devimon, who knows what they talked about. No, I, I accept that as a plot device. I just thought oh. the best part of it was that Sora then was like, oh my god, I can help all of my friends achieve their friendship. Right, right. Sincerity, blah, 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 crap. <laughs> yeah. But I, I myself am a failure at what I am supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense to like hear those listed off. Like She hears all of her friends and she's like, yeah, Ty is the courageous one and, and Matt does care yeah. about friendship. And I, she should have been like, Joe's the reliable one? What? What's this? <laughs> well, that's because that's not what that crest is. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can count on Joe to give it the old college try, but did you know that the old college try automatically has the concept of failure built into it? What are you talking about? What's, what's the college try? <laughs> is that not a phrase you've heard before? No. I, I don't know a lot of phrases, though. Oh. Uh, it's a phrase where if you give something the old college try, it means you gave it a go and failed. What's a vigorous, committed attempt or effort? Why wouldn't you just say gave it a go? Huh. I've never heard this. It's so strange. Um, That's just too smart for us. <laughs> <laughs> you've never heard old college try either? No. I wasn't meant to go to college. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> 
so we were talking before about Sora and her quest in Japanese, the word is Aijo. And I found it interesting that uh, Aijo has, aside from meaning like love or affection, depending on how you translate it, um, there's a different kanji. And I mean, like in the text of the show, they never make it clear which kanji it is. So you can infer whatever. And it's the, the other kanji means sadness. Oh, no, that's Aww. terrible. That's tragic. <laughs> well, that explains so much about her arc. That's awful. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's so great. Wait, that actually makes it good. No, I accept this. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like hearing you guys be like, that's so great. That's awful. That's great. I mean, I, I'm. it's awful it's, for Sora. <laughs> it's yeah. great and awful at the same time. Well, Ashley likes things because they're awful. That's what makes them great for her. <laughs> right. That's what I like in everything. For me, I'm just like, oh, no, poor child. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I agree. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, wait, can we talk about why? Why is curiosity a blob of gray blob? <laughs> Let's just talk about Izzy's episode. Because that's, I didn't get to say this in our favorite section, but that is my favorite episode of this arc. I mean, huh. it's just so crack. <laughs> it's pretty crack. It's pretty crack. Did anyone notice that, um, that there was actual crack in it? No. <laughs> Well, there may have been, but um, that <laughs> Demi Devimon's curiosity was in the shape of a poop. De- Demi Devimon's imagined curiosity. Wait, is that what that was? I didn't know why he had a poop on his head. Okay, we're going to talk about that later in the poop. L- later, poop section. We have the poop section later. Come on, it's okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and the, po- the poop on his head is later. It's in a different episode. Well, no, I mean, when oh. uh, Vadermon is imagining his right, curiosity, right. There, there... it's a giant thing of poop. It's, it's a giant it's a... crystal poop. It's a translation error, not error. It's, yeah, I have more to say about that. Oh, uh, okay. Well, we'll get to that when we get to poop. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, Izzy's episode I actually loved as a kid, and I still love it. Like, I, uh... Why? Me, why? Um, well, A, I like Izzy more than you do. And B, <laughs> <laughs> I do. And B, um... Izzy, okay, there are two episodes I found very fascinating with regards to, um, oh, actually, I was going to put this in my topic about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I guess I can talk about that now. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is um, this pyramid structure in they use in, you know, amateur psychology. Sociology crap. <laughs> yeah, so there's like different steps towards self-actualization. And the base is like food, shelter, uh, you know, your, your basic needs that you need to be alive. And once you have that, you have some security and then you can start worrying about your self-image. And then past that, you start, um, you know, working on uh, activities and producing things to feel good about yourself. And then there's philosophy. But the point is, it's if if at any point you lose one of the more basic needs, it all reverts. You can't do anything if you're hungry. Which is a lie. I don't know. <clears throat> no, it's pretty. There have been things that have shown that it's a lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> it is not it is by no means a um fact and i think if you look if you look in the long term like yeah like you can survive a couple of days and make creative you can do creative things and problem solving and stuff without food for a couple of days but if you don't have food for a year yeah you're not gonna be able to do that because you'll be dead because you're gonna die though yeah <laughs> exactly that's the point that like yeah. you need these things to survive and not die yeah and then like, beyond that but the point no the point is that it's supposed to be used for like 
poor people can never achieve. They can never achieve like self actualization part, which is not true. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's not okay. true. Well, well, you're looking at it from a sociological perspective, and I don't think this. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think there are issues with applying this psychological thing to a sociological thing, where you look at you look at an individual and you start interpreting. You look at this is about an individual, and you if you apply it to like the masses, then like yeah, you're going to make some generalizations. Well, no, no. Jeff, I mean, it is a very problematic structure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it gets more problematic when you apply it to people as a whole. Yeah, I found it fascinating that, you know, Ty's supposed to have been gone for, like, weeks, like, super long time, and Tokomon's still Tokomon because TK hasn't made any progress because he's worried he's not getting what he needs and neither is Tokomon, so he remains in training and doesn't evolve until TK's like, yes, I... I know where to go now. I realize that Demi Devimon is a little piece of crap. And then the thing with Izzy is Izzy also just stops moving forward. He moves backwards. He stops caring about, you know, his path. He stops caring about knowledge. He stops caring about curiosity. He stops caring about his friends. He stops caring about, you know, this sort of representation of himself, this sort of thing he needs to take care of. And Modi, uh, Tentomon goes all the way back to baby form, which we have not seen any other Digimon do. We haven't even seen, we haven't even seen the baby forms, right? Yeah. No, we have. We saw, I mean, in Primary Village. Well, I mean, I mean, we, we haven't seen them of these Digimon. Like, no. There's no, no way to know that, like, Bodamon is... Unless you've seen the movie. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, we saw Poyomon. Which one's Poyomon? Tokomon. Oh, right, right. Because he had to. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is the first D-Digivolution D we've seen. Uh, well, I mean, like, that wasn't brought, like... That wasn't, went, uh, went below their standard it wasn't energy a, level. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, uh, like, a reversal of a temporary change. It was yeah. the reversal of the norm. And that's what fascinates me now about Izzy's episode, is that looking at choices he made and how they affected this, you know, living representation of his own growth. I mean, plus Tentomon is his own character. We know that. But, like, he is also a metaphor for Izzy's growth. Oh, yeah. I totally think of them as, like, in some, like, if you look at it in certain ways, they're, like, two sides of the same personality. And especially uh, connected to that is when they're falling down the hole, um, they both get, well, Izzy gets a little duck that he sits on and Tentomon gets a, uh, what's it called? An inner tube. Um, mm-hmm. And I found it really strange that Tentomon gets an inner tube because it blocks his wings. And yeah. then, so he start. He's as he's falling, he can fly. And f- okay, it's a little. It's pretty inconsistent why he doesn't just fly up. Then, but whatever. And then he gets inner tube on, which is supposed to help him float. And he can't fly anymore. He stops flying once yeah, the inner tube is on. I never noticed that. There is also a moment where he begins to fly. Oh, right in the inner tube. No, not in before he gets to the inner tube. There's a moment where you're like oh, he's just going to fly up and, like, help Izzy. And then in the next shot, like, it goes to Izzy again. It starts with Tenemon, goes to Izzy. Then when he gets back to Tenemon, he's not flying anymore. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> well, probably Izzy's too heavy for Tenemon to fly with. Oh, but Tenemon is so done in himself. Like, what is he doing? Wow, okay, he's going to leave Izzy there. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, like I thought it was interesting that if you look at these two characters as two sides of the same coin, that you know you give 
like give them some help and like it helps one of them but hurts the other and there's no way to because they're, they're not really reconciled like there's no way I don't know, I, i'm reading into this way too much so like that is way reading into it that's what we're supposed to do but yeah another thing i took like personal issue with in izzy's episode is that you know the moral of the story is don't give up what you're passionate about don't give up your curiosity go forward move forward but izzy gave it up so he wouldn't die i was like don't punish him for that people are allowed to make choices that protect themselves you know <laughs> but i mean it was it wasn't so much like i don't think it was supposed to be pounding in that he should have regretted his decision it was just that but he needed to get the, out of that hole you know he said at the end of the episode he like literally said i will never give up my curiosity for any reason whatsoever and i was like dude <laughs> uh mm. it rubbed me the wrong way i was like don't there there are limits there are limits taking care of yourself is important so i have i'm gonna blow your mind um have you have you watched this episode in japanese recently no ever subtitled oh yeah you you watched all subtitled right um i think i've watched this one subtitled because so i watched it to compare a couple elements we're gonna get to with the poop later but then notice that i didn't watch the whole thing in japanese i may have missed some context but it seems like everything is reversed um izzy does not first of all give up his curiosity he gives up his heart um, mm. And I did not watch the segment where they actually make that clear, but that's according to Digimon Wiki, so that may be wrong. Take it with a grain of salt. But especially, I li- I watched the part with when he's reading from the Cosmos book in English. It's saying like, "Lose your thoughts, like become a mindless whatever, like just don't have any thoughts." And it makes sense because like we gave up curiosity and he's become a mindless drone. In Japanese, it's more of like, "Here's how to meditate. Like here's like control your heart and like." And it also, um, Vedaman's lines are he tells Izzy to study the book intensely and like learn everything. That's fascinating so, so would... it's like the reverse he's he's giving up his other elements to learn and know everything and he has oh. to he has to learn to reconcile that with his other emotions and it's only when he learns to not just focus on his curiosity that he you know learns what it's useful for oh i need to watch that in japanese now. that is, that so is much more much fascinating. better yeah but i mean it makes sense why they want to change it because it's a little it's more confusing you know it's much clearer to be like you are izzy you were the curious one now you're not curious Sure, but it's lame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's why it sucks. <laughs> Never take the easy road. <laughs> well, okay, there, are, there are, need to make some compromises sometime, like Izzy did. I guess that that makes come back into my heart. Come back into my heart. Oh, that was so. I, I, I'm getting oy progressively vey. more Jewish as this podcast goes on. Well, Ashley says oy vey a lot anyway. Oy so. vey. She doesn't. You're not she even Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> up, guys. <laughs> I, keep, I always tell her that she doesn't have the right to say oy vey, but... Yes, she does. Yiddish belongs to everybody. <laughs> not really. Only Jews speak Yiddish. But it's said a lot in America because Jews run the banks, you know? That's going to not get too joke. far into it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was curious about why Mimi and Joe's uh, ultimate forms are being hidden now. We already talked about how TK is like their last hope, blah, blah, blah. That right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we also, so I, we talked about this offline, that we're, we have disagreement about whether Joe's crest glowed. And with the exception of that, everyone else's crest definitely glowed. And so it might be that Joe's crest glowed. Um, someone can write in and tell us. But it, it's weird how there's this disconnect between, for those three, for Joe, Mimi, and TK, this disconnect from the crest glowing and Digivolution happening. And I don't understand why there's that disconnect. 
I mean, at the time, for Mimi anyway, since we know Mimi's crest glowed, there was no need for her to digivolve. So, so that's true. Like the immediate moment she comes to Revelation, she like has her dream. She realizes what she has to change and then her crest mm-hmm. glows. But later in the episode, she needs to fight. And well, I'm going to talk in this later, but right, she needs to f- like they need to fight someone. And there's already someone else who can get to ultimate. So it doesn't matter. But yeah. Yeah, I think there was a moment where I was like, oh, Mimi or Palmon's gonna digivolve to protect Ty or whoever who actually digivolved. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, wait, that's extra lame. It's weird because like they could have easily written in something about how it had been too soon since Agumon had gone to Metal Greymon and just be like, well, he can't this episode, so Palmon need it. Uh, but instead, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't I have an answer for this. I guess they wanted to, you know, like draw some of the spence. Like there was still had card they still had cards up their sleeve. And, you know, maybe they the production staff knew what they're planning in terms of once we get these ultimate forms, there are only two more beyond ultimate, there are only two more forms that ever come into the You have to find the eighth digit destined. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it does seem weird in universe why they don't acknowledge us more. Like why do they're kind of all talking, oh, we've activated our crest and stuff. Why don't they say like, well, three of us haven't. It's only really four of us. Yeah. But I, I guess it makes sense. It's weird because the intro spoils it, doesn't it? Or has it not happened yet in the dub? I think. Uh, I haven't watched. What? No, I don't think that happens until uh, we find the eighth Digidestined. Mm, okay. Well, in Japanese, I'm pretty sure. I should check. But in Japanese, I'm pretty sure they uh, show the ultimates this far. Maybe. Uh, or at least in the ending. Maybe it's the Maybe. ending starting the last episode we watched. Don't know. Although I will say, I do like the episode where we find where Togemon's Digivolution is revealed. So I'm glad it doesn't happen now, because that was a lame episode for it to happen in. Mm. I, we've talked a lot about the localization and how it's bad. I kind of want to not really take some of the back, but, you know, talk about how it's not, it's not that it's bad. It's that there are sloppy elements, like the crests being revealed before they're supposed to. And then, okay, that's what you change the direction. You make it about how they know them from the beginning. But then they are all surprised when they find out later. And it's things like that that just aren't consistent that give it this air of like, well, it wasn't well done. But I, I really take issue with this, this like hardcore otaku mindset of the Japanese always being better. That like the people yeah. who localize it ruined it. And, you know, like maybe it could have been done better. The Japanese could have been done better too. Yeah. Like, um, but I mean, I'm there are. Are you about this? Because you think it's obvious or because you don't want to argue about it? I'm not going to argue about otaku culture as it applies to Digimon. First, I don't know how it applies to Digimon. Well, we all know that everyone, mostly everyone hates the dub. Second, I don't care. I love the dub. I know a lot of people who love the dub. Yeah, mm. I don't know anybody who hates this dub. Really? In person. Yes. I guess I've heard Jeff Nimoy talk about how he. It's a lot of black. I mean, I'm dub. sure a lot of yeah, people hate the, the dub, creator. but like, I know a lot of people who really are fond of the dub and love love it, like me. So, I, this has come up before. Uh, I know we definitely talked about it when we were talking about um, Sukumon and Chumon, but it really bugged me in this arc for some reason how good looks equal good Digimon or valuable Digimon. Yeah. Or strong Digimon or Digimon that aren't stupid, you know? You don't think Myotismon is hot? He's evil. See, but see, Myotismon is like... It's correlated with strength for him. Like, yeah. He looks cool. He looks, he looks awesome, so yeah. he's strong. But Although his lines are ruining his aura for me this time. <laughs> yeah, around. like... So funny. <laughs> so funny. Okay. <laughs> I love him. I love him. But, um, like... <sighs> So it starts in the first episode that we watch in this arc with uh, Demi Devimon, and yeah. they introduce, they finally introduce a virus Digimon that you're led to believe, if you're naive, that he's not going to be evil. 
And yeah, I, like I wish that were true. Seconds. I wish there were like yeah. a character who looked evil and wasn't evil. And I guess we're going to get that later on. In Tamers. Oh, no, in this arc. In this, oh, in this yeah. season. Oh, yeah. Well, kind of. Okay, so, there, okay, so we're going to get into spoilers for this, for Digimon Adventure, but most of you have probably seen it. Um, Gatomon does not look evil, and she acts evil now, and it's, I guess it's kind of a revelation that she's not evil. But Wizardmon definitely looks pretty evil. See, actually, Wizardmon looks really cute to me, so I disagree with this. Hmm. Yeah, Wizardmon. I mean, you get that he has the darkness about him. He's got those huge green eyes, like, yo. Okay, Wizardmon is data. He's not even vaccine. He's not even virus, so. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I take this back. Um, I guess just I, as a kid, interpret. Okay, he has like he has like faces on his legs though. That's pretty creepy. Yeah, like he's he's borderline. He's borderline. No, those are cool though, aren't they? Like on his pants, and it makes it look like uh, the opening of the mouth. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I it's. Like it. I don't know. <laughs> I also, you know, obviously have years and years of nostalgia built into Wizardmon, and and maybe I dislike I distrusted him more as a kid, <laughs> but now I'm just like, who could hate that face? Right. Yeah. He, now he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I want I want Wizardmon. I I mean I hate this trope in everything because yeah. I feel like it just teaches children so many insidious things about light and dark and yeah and like bones of people and everything. Ash Ash look look at the image I pasted in Slack. Aww. He's so oh, cute. he's so cute. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Actually, I showed this to you before and you were like, I don't care. It's cuter on a bigger screen. <laughs> Adorable. I want a mini Wizardmon. <laughs> if there are like a Wizardmon um, figure, like a Nendoroid of Wizardmon. Like the little, the really little ones with the huge faces that take yeah. up like half the body. Yes, I would buy one. <laughs> <laughs> there probably are. There probably are. Oh no, I mean, there's not much Digimon merchandise made. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> If, if anyone, <laughs> hey, hey, for all you cool fans out there who make stuff, if you want to make me something <laughs> for my for my half birthday, <laughs> that's coming up. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, like a trope where actually you were saying it was a trope, right? What? Were yeah, you saying this is a trope? trope? Yeah, it's a trope. We'll explain In every more. children's show. There's you know it's every either show. You, like book no. ugly. It's every not even a children's show. It's every show. It's everything. It's not even shows. Even it's every, everything made for children. It, no, it's everything. No, but like Game of Thrones just did this in the last episode. I guess it was with a child. It's like the last episode we watched, or yeah, like okay. So the last episode we watched was the end of season one for context. Yeah, the end of season one where Arya gets attacked by the like fat boy and his goons, and it's like yeah, he's fat. He's ugly. He's not good. Like yeah, uh, I mean this is even a thing in literature where you cannot actually see these things happening. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, what I meant when I said it was a thing in children's media is that it's a it's an easy shortcut to take and as opposed to it other we have more subtlety and other ways to approach writing um you can get this message across in other ways but in children's media it's it's an easy shortcut to take where it's like this person looks terrible like okay they, they, you don't need to explain that they're terrible and the kids just get it and that's bad because <laughs> it's so bad it's super bad i mean i guess it's, not, it's it's bad in terms of like okay snow white like kids learn to hate old ugly women like um which is bad <laughs> yeah like dude a, a dude on the bus just now had like i don't think he was that old but he had like an eye patch and a cane and i'm like am i supposed to think he's evil like he seems super nice he's like teasing the one kid on the bus That's he's so like yeah cute. i'm gonna sit next to the guy with the popsicle stick and i'm like oh you're adorable i love you <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah like it's everywhere it's 
everywhere. And it really bothered me that Demi Devimon doesn't even, like, he has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And, like... I mean, he does kind of dislike working for Myotismon. That's a minor redeeming quality. Well, because Myotismon tortures him. Right. And did anyone... I was, like, offended by how... I really shouldn't have been because, like, I sh- I should have expected it. But like, they tried to downplay it so hard with humor, like, like oh, him being like, this is too hot or something, like viciously beaten. Yeah, I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> At the same time, I question why Myodismon would trust important tasks to a rookie Digimon. Yeah. Okay, a rookie yeah. Digimon, fine. Demi Devimon is a different story. <laughs> he seems pretty incompetent at no. various points, but... It's like, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like Myosmon didn't prioritize the particular task of making sure the kids didn't, whatever, make their crests glow. I think he was focused on searching for the eighth child and getting to Digimon. Yeah. But yeah, he really shouldn't have Okay, guys, how Demi cool Devimon. would it have been if Demi Devimon in this arc were replaced with Gatamon? If we met Gatamon in the episode with TK and she actually looks nice... And she tricks TK and tricks the audience too into thinking she's nice. And then she turns out to be super evil and is like, she's much more of a match for Sora. Like if she were the one being like a ninja and tricking people and like messing things up and Sora the one kind of acting her. And then we learn to hate her because she's been so bad and we trusted her. And then she turns out to be good. That would be so awesome. Someone write this fanfic immediately. (laughs) (laughs) That would be badass. No, I just thought when we were talking right now, I was like, why would he not trust things to Gatomon instead? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Gatomon was busy building his army. Yeah, whatever that is. His crappy army. (laughs) No, no, no. Demi Demimon brought the crappy army. Gatomon brought all the cool ones. The the ones that are in the next arc. The shadows, yeah. Well, no, no, the ones that are in the real world later on. Like the the shadows. The big guns. Yeah. But it's still stupid. He should have eaten Demi Demimon. Doesn't he later? As... Okay, sorry. I have someone to evaluate how... So we're going to be talking about Meredith for a while. We are, the way we're splitting episodes, we're going to have three episodes of this podcast talking about him. So I think it's worthwhile to evaluate. This is the one where he's introduced. And how is that done? And is it done well? And I don't know. I feel like the major thing is he's shown in the shadows for several episodes before he's actually introduced in... Uh, what's the episode? He's introduced... They, they, they see him for real, and we see his full character design, not just an outline, in um, Sora's Crest of Love, episode 26. Um, but for all the episodes before that, we see him in the shadows and stuff. And I kind of wish he came out of the blue. I wish that we didn't know what was going on with Demi Devimon, why he was tripping people up. Maybe we, maybe we could have seen him tripping people up. But if we had just, like, if that moment when he falls from the sky in a coffin, if that had been our introduction to him too, I would have found him so much more cool. Maybe, but... I guess like you said before, he already messes it up by his lines are pretty silly. Yeah, but from... Well, for me, then I would have been left wondering, as I kind of was this time, like, why was Devimon doing any of this? Demi Devimon? Yeah, why, if there isn't some reason behind him trying to make the kids' crest not glow, why is he bothering? It's not like he's, like, physically attacking them for the most part. He's not, like, using them for profit. He was trying to steal them at, at various points. Yeah, a couple times, but that was never his first resort. And none of them, none of them questioned the fact that Devimon, Demi Devimon is trying to stop them from doing something. I guess because there's like, oh, he's just an annoying obstacle. Like he's being annoying. Yeah, and I guess they were all split up, so they couldn't compare notes. Her, his motivation with Mimi, in some ways, makes the least sense. Like, how did he acts like he was involved in getting Mimi set up in this castle? But in other ways, it makes the most sense because 
that's the one story where it's like Mimi left her own devices would just stay there forever. That that would be a successful plan. You know, like she was taken out of the equation completely. Everyone else is like, I don't know, that plan wouldn't have in the long run, like uh, I guess like Matt and Joe would have gotten out of the diner or Izzy on his own got out of the outer space dimension and well, TK, whatever. Yeah. Well, TK, whatever. <laughs> so i mean i really like how they so we've done this a couple times before we've gone from not having any main villain to having devimon we've been introduced to devimon devimon's been destroyed and they got introduced to edamon and that was really like abrupt like we saved the world yay you guys need to come here and fight our demons for us And then as soon as they get there, they meet Edamon. It's like, okay, this is kind of contrived. I like how they beat Edamon. They think they've won and they don't know what to do themselves. They're just like, well, we beat him. We still can't go home. What are we going to do now? And I like that my Edamon isn't introduced from the start. It's not just like, Edamon's dead. Here's my Edamon. Yeah, I like that too. And I, I like the I like the device of Edamon kind of being involved with things but via Demi Devimon until he's introduced. Like... I especially like the way that it's you know, like the episodes kind of overlap with each other chronologically, and it's not it's not just like one after the other. But I don't know how much that actually adds to anything. I just thought it was super lame. I have nothing else to say. The whole the whole arc or minus one. Minus one. His whole introduction. I was like, you're lame. This foreshadowing is the lamest. He fell from a coffin. It was silly. It was lame. But he's still my favorite. <laughs> I, I guess I also found it super silly that Devimon's plan of separating the children and attacking them while they're separate made so much sense. Meodismon's like, screw that. I'm going to wait until they're all together. And then Demi Devimon, Demi Devimon tells him that they're all together. And he's like, finally, I can attack them. It's like, what? Meodismon has bigger fish to fry. Uh, but but he's like, he gets the report that they're all together. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go attack them now. Like, it's not like. And he wins. So what's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Why he is- proves you wrong. <laughs> yeah. So like. Well, he wins, and they they still escape. So yeah. if he attacked them on their own, they would have all been dead. So. But he doesn't care about them. His whole deal is he wants to go to the human world and take it over. He doesn't care about these kids stuck in the digital world. But the thing is, he wa- he wants the eighth child. He wants her- he wants her crest. So wouldn't yeah. he want their crest too? He could just kill them and Apparently take the crest. Apparently not. Apparently not. Yeah. Those ones don't matter. Mario has the best crest. That's true. <laughs> yeah, the best. Someone named after her name. I have a long, long rant about Mimi's episode. Are you telling me I should start? (laughs) Well, I'm probably going to disagree with a lot of what you're going to say about (laughs) Mimi's episode, but I'm also going to agree with a lot of it. I'm just, you know, guessing from what I know of you and what your tastes are in in gender representation, but... Okay, Mimi is still the queen of my heart. <laughs> Princess, you mean? No, no, I mean oh, she's queen. just queen. <laughs> she is queen and You're crowned. I think I also, you know, on a general gender things that happened in this episode, like Garudamon is awesome. Okay, is Garudamon a guy or a girl? You know, birds don't have mammary glands. Hmm. Is that what's throwing you off? What with? <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that, like, there is hair over that to cover up the question, I guess. Yeah. You know, Jeff, Digimon supposedly don't have gender. Yeah. Well, according to Renamon in season three. Yes, which is a lie, but... Lies. Filthy lies. Super lies. The answer is Garudamon is whatever you want Garudamon to be. There is no mm, canon on the subject. No, Garudamon is whatever Garudamon wants to be. We yeah. do not impose our gender on others. Okay, I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good. But yeah, Garudamon, hands down my favorite ultimate. Um, Garudamon is pretty cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ever? Like, out of all the seasons or just this season? Um, I mean, that's a lot of Digimon to yeah, go that's... through. <laughs> but probably? I, I would have to be not 10.30 at night after a full day of work to answer that question. <laughs> but, uh, okay, okay. I have lots of thoughts about Mimi and the Princess Karaoke episode. Well, tell me. Yes. So, uh, I'm so upset by this episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we know that Mimi is the girly girly, doesn't want to, you know, play around in the dirt, doesn't want to fight, doesn't want to do any of these things that the kids have had to do to get by in the digital world. And she gets a lot of disrespect from the writers for this. She's the butt of a lot of jokes. Totally. She gets a lot of flack from the other kids. Even not like being the butt of the jokes, she's put a lot of the ep- this episode about her. She's put in situations where she's her things are made to sound ridiculous instead yes, of Yes, instead genuine. of Yeah. And like we okay, so the two kids in the past, I don't know, ten episodes who have actually been treated to nice things are Mimi and Ty. And when Ty goes home and he's like, Oh my god, air conditioning and food, nobody gives him flack for this. In in, in the context of the show or in the fan base? In the context of the show. I, okay, I am not in the fan base. I well, I, I, don't, I don't know about the fan base. I mean, I think there is... There's, it's probably still skewed. It's probably still skewed. Right, right. There's still people who would be annoyed, like, why isn't he doing anything? But right. that's different. But, like, Mimi has been dragged through the mud. She's been fighting. She doesn't enjoy these things. And she's finally being... She's... People are being nice to her. Why wouldn't she want to prolong that? She has... There's no goal. She... There's no one to fight for now. She... Ty is gone. Um, her friends have all scattered. Why shouldn't she enjoy the life she thinks she may have to to live for the rest of her life yeah i had i had very similar thoughts and i think what the signal that tipped me off that way was that the kids say um i can't remember who it is but one of joe or ty says they they say that that she's gotten what she expects like yes, is, one of them, I think it was Ty. I want to say it was Ty. It might have been Joe, though, you're right. It says, like, where, the life she's known before or something? Yeah, it's like, uh, the life she's accustomed to. Right, and it's like, it would be different if it were, like, she had some, you know, if she were poor and it was like, she's finally living out of fantasy, then we'd sympathize with her, but instead it's written as, like, she has always had this and she's just being spoiled. But, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And it ticks me off that, like, the fighting, the trudging around in the wilderness, the, you know, the things that aren't pink and nice and, like, make you feel good and food and stuff isn't valued at all. It's not just this episode. It's been the whole time. Um... (sighs) Well, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's it's always just a Mimi, too, or not. I mean, it's... Because Sora doesn't typically enjoy... Well, doesn't isn't shown in the dub anyway to enjoy these things. But there are some things in terms of, like, once they get food, and, um, like, uh, there... So there's an episode um, with Devonmon's Mansion and uh, on the cruise ship where they're, they show everyone to be relaxing, and there are things they show everyone as, like, it's okay to, like, like food and rest and bathing um but then then these other things are just like i don't know i mean i guess she's being treated like a princess and it's the the fact that she is like having power over these people that is shown as bad yeah which i agree with i agree with that too but it just it just rubs me 
so wrong way that uh, it does for me too totally that that it's Mimi and that it's the princess treatment that is so wrong um yeah she shouldn't be leading the the geckomon on but at the same time they're using her That's yeah true. um she doesn't get anything she doesn't get anything out of waking shogun geckomon up and the whole episode is about what the guys around her want, even though ostensibly it's about Ugh. her being entitled. So why shouldn't she be? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, why is it that her, you know, like living the life that she wanted? I mean, they, they frame it as wrong because they should be with the group, I guess. But I think there's more to that. Like, yeah. sorry, it's hard to articulate this because like with most things that become big arguments, they're both sides are right to some degree. Like she doesn't want to be with a group. She does shouldn't be like leading these Geckomon on and like, you know, like being spoiled. But like why? It's definitely framed the way that the audience is supposed to judge her. It's supposed yeah. to say like and, she and, is so bad and spoiled. And, and the way the writing forces her to make this huge, huge apology is just ugh. I mean, because, like, she has wrong. like, the fact that she has to apologize, she has wronged them, you know? Yes, she should apologize. Yes. But, like, she just, the way it's such a huge production, ugh, ugh. And did Ty apologize for taking Kari's food, even though she off? It's just, like, the idea that girls have to be meek and subservient and not want anything and not have needs and, See, this is the problem. Like, her wanting everything is wrong. But if women are always shown, well, like, wanting I, I everything think... is not wrong. Using the Geckomon to get everything and leading them on is not nice. Yeah. Right. And and more and more to point, like ignoring her friends to get everything. Yeah. Although you know, they're telling her they're not considering her wants right, right. either. Yeah. So it's. What I think is problem. What I think is troublesome is that if they never show it being okay for her to want and get some things. Yes. And you know, when you only show like I, not, I don't think any of us are saying she should have stayed in the castle. She no. should have abandoned their friends. She should have been written off the castle or anything. <laughs> But just that when you portray women in this way and only in this way by only having two characters and only having brief moments to give them that you are skewing things. And if you don't give both genders like the complete story, then you're making people in the audience feel that they have to act a certain way that, you know, boys can act this way, but girls can, can act this other way or have to act this other way. Okay. I think I have exhausted my... Did, did I go too far off there? No, I think I have exhausted my... my... I got it off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, bring us to Sora. <laughs> god, Sora. Oh my god. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I want to say more about Mimi up there, too. That, like, well, yeah. I guess it's, it's a bridge, because both these episodes, both Sora and Mimi's episodes, are told from the point of view... Well, okay, Sora's episode is told from the point of view of everyone, which includes Mimi, but Sora's... Mimi's episode is told from the point of view of the guys. And it makes sense. Like, it, it makes sense in the context of the story they told that, like, it wouldn't make sense to have it told from Mimi's perspective. Like, the point is their reveal of her and how she's become kind of a villain. So being told from her perspective doesn't make sense. But it's just weird that you have two episodes dedicated to the two female characters and neither of them is told from their perspective. And it's all about everyone else, both of them. Right. And how everyone else treats them or, like, reacts to them. And, again, like, on its own, there's nothing wrong with that when that's the only 
screen time they get. There's something weird about it. Like, did the did they not want to? Did they think that people would be turned off by girls by a girl's point of view? Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that is literally a thing people say. Like show creators, show distributors. That is literally something they say. Mm. We'll get into more of that later after Sora. Sora. Yeah, I tried to not. I tried to not be really critical of Mimi's episode in terms of gender because I was like, I'm just. I'm going to try to be whatever <laughs> and like, like a pink thing. <laughs> well, there are things I like about, there are things I like about Mimi's episode. No, I still like, hate everything about Mimi's episode, <laughs> but I also just like hate Mimi in that episode. <laughs> well, I, I guess I want to, sorry, I want to like, everything I said was like really negative, but there are some positive, like how everything about Mimi's change comes from within. She's not told, this is how you need to act. This is how you need to change. Uh... She... Yeah. No. Yeah. Sora comes no. 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 Look at the dialogue. Sora comes and says, and Mimi's having a bad dream, and Sora says, like, you know what that dream was about, don't you? And Mimi says, I'm sorry, and Sora says, you know, what you need to change, and then she, like, Sora does not tell her what to do at all. Mimi it's is true. like, Mimi feels guilty about certain things, and she knows how to fix them. She knows what she should have done this whole time, and and it's arguable, like, like what should she have done? But like, whatever. Anyway, it comes from within. It's not like someone telling her what to do, and I find that aspect really cool. Sorry, back to Sora. Speaking of Sora... You guys don't want to talk about Sora. That's fine. <laughs> I want to talk about Sora. Ashley, please talk about Sora. I don't know. I also tried to go into this episode being like, maybe it won't be so bad with the gender. And then I just totally lost my mind when TK tells Sora that he misses his mom less when <laughs> she's around. And I was like, I hate you. I hate the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is not a thing that should ever be said. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it seems to make sense really? to me. Because you're that though, baby. Yeah, you think it's okay to approach girls and be like, you know, when I'm traveling with these four other dudes, they don't make me feel, they don't have some quality that makes me feel safe. But when I'm with you, because you have a vagina or whatever, like... <laughs> You make me miss my mom less. (laughs) I mean, Sora does have this sort of caretaker thing that she does. Like, she's doing it this whole arc. But, you know, it is annoying that, you know, the girl is put in that role. Always. Yeah. And it is annoying that to reduce Sora to a role of mother that benefits the male child, you know? Yeah, when I said that I don't see what's wrong with it, I, I don't mean that in normal society that it's okay for TK to say that. What I'm saying is that I understand how a little kid would feel that way. Okay, this gets into exactly the points of like, this show was made for boys, so it's okay. And no, no, it doesn't. No, I yes, mean, it does. I'm saying the character motivation, he's like, his age... Yeah, because the, you just assigned it to his gender. No, but it's like the, the age gap for him, the age for his age, the age gap between him the, the and Sora years, is pretty... Oh, it's only two, two years? Um, Maybe three. Maybe. Okay, that, that changes my argument. Well, anyway, I also hated the like moral of Sora's story with her mom is like, her mom doesn't want her to play soccer because her mom wants to protect her. Legitimate claim. My mom has probably made similar claims about me playing ice hockey as a child. At the same time, that does not mean I actually give in to my mom's will. <laughs> like, right. there is a middle ground. Well, okay, okay. There's... 
Right. I think in that situation, it was totally like she was injured. She shouldn't have been playing. She couldn't even sit properly. And I think it was more about this. The arc of that episode was realizing that her mom had a valid point. No, she told her to stop playing soccer forever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. There... She said, quit soccer and work with me at the flower shop. Okay. Right. At the flower shop. Yeah. Which, you know, again, traditionally a female thing, which is not valued. Right. Sorry. I'm, I'm confused because I watched that segment in Japanese and English and in Japanese, it's less sexist. So I forgot that how bad it is in English. It's bad. Bad. In Japanese, she just says like, it's just like Sora said something about how like she doesn't like sitting because she doesn't like sitting and working on flowers. But her mom never says you need to work with me on flowers forever. Yeah, no, her mom is legit like work with me after school instead of soccer. Mm. And the the problematic thing comes in when Palmon and Sora say those exact lines and Sora is like, oh, my mom was trying to protect me all along. And then you mean Bioma? Yeah, Bioman. Okay. Bioman. And then Bioman uh, digivolves into Garudamon. And it's like, so you should do what people who are trying to protect you say because they're right? Uh, oh, the impression I got was that. true? it's super weird because at least in the dub the the needle that demi devamon shoots at bioman doesn't seem to actually have any effect it's like sora is protecting her because she's like this is she's hurt because of it but then she's able to fight fine regardless well i thought the d well watching it i was like that was probably some sort of sedative bioman was pretty out of it for a while and bergemon as soon as bergemon started flying up she got Smack down really hard. I um, guess so. I guess I just feel like if she was sedated, she shouldn't be able to go to ultimate so easily. Um, well, the power of Sora's power love, love yeah. burned through it. I mean, the deal with uh, Garudamon being able to evolve was that Sora overcame thinking that her mom didn't love her or her mom didn't understand her. Well, her mom, <laughs> her mom didn't understand, understand her. her. Yeah, <laughs> um, but she she also doesn't didn't understand her mom, and she she comes a step closer to understanding. I guess. Right. And what I think is interesting about this this relationship between Sora and her mom is it's not done yet. Like, yeah. And it's also, I feel like the way we're talking about it, where there are definitely very problematic things with the way Sora's mom has treated her. And what I think is interesting is that, ugh, interesting. I think it's cool. <laughs> that's not any better, but anyway, I think it's cool that no. her mom is going to change too. Mm-hmm. Like, her mom's going to get better at this and come to learn what is right and whatever. Yeah. It's so problematic to represent her as needing to make a choice between soccer and running a flower shop forever. Choices. <laughs> it's more annoying when I remember what her final job is in the epilogue of O2. <laughs> but she always wanted to hang laundry. Yeah, the first couple episodes told us that. <laughs> I don't want to like devalue her choice of career because, like, you know, that's a cool career. But, like, you know, I'd actually support she's a fashion designer, right? Yeah. Uh, I forget. I forget. Something like that. You forget? <laughs> I mean, no. I can't remember if she makes if she makes clothes or if she's a. There's no difference. Never mind. I was gonna say if she's a fashion designer, designer, or if she makes clothes, but they're the same thing. It's right? the same thing. I think Fine. she. But like, they show her doing something with flowers, and I've mixed up the two in my head. Like, is she doing something with flowers? Is she doing something with clothes? I have no idea. Okay, you know, it's like being a fashion designer. I actually respect that because yeah, that's hard. even though clothes, no, even that like clothes, it's like. You associate it with girls, but they're mostly made by men. Like, can you name more than one female really famous fashion designer? Like, no, most people can't. Actually, well, I, I can't. I can't name. I can't, any, name so. I can't name a fashion designer at all. Like, I could maybe think of some brand names and hope that those names are names of people. Is Ralph Lauren a person? I, I believe so. Yes. <laughs> okay, I can name one. <laughs> Cal- Calvin Klein is he a person? <laughs> 
One, one, of, one of those two is not a real person. I forget which one. Oh. I think. But anyway, we're not discrediting, like, the job of fashion designer is not, we're not saying that, like, it's problematic for a girl in, me- for a girl in, a, in media to be a fashion designer. What's problematic is that for the only doesn't representation. Doesn't make any sense for Sora. Right. It yeah, doesn't make any sense for Sora. It. She's shown, it, it makes this impression that this is how she acts at a young age. She's a tomboy at a young age and she likes playing sports and doing all this stuff. And then she's going to have to grow up to become a girl in society. Yeah. And like none of the other um, female characters have like, you know, stereotypically exciting jobs. What are their jobs? I don't know. Kari is a kindergarten teacher. Um, mm, Yoli's a a housewife. That's even worse. Mimi Mimi runs a cooking show. Okay. I mean, she's, that's cool. But at the same time, like, these are all traditional female roles. Cooking, clothes, teaching. Well, cooking is also another one where you're like... You think of it as a really female thing. Yeah, you can't think of, like, a lot of female head chefs. No, but co- on cooking chef. shows, you can. No, you can't. Rachel Ray, name me another one. Martha Stewart. She cooks. Name me another one. Um, A lot of them, if I looked at a list. I'm sure if I looked at a list of... No. There are definitely more male chefs on TV. Yeah, really? That is a thing. Yes. This is true. <laughs> okay, well, when I search cooking show hosts, the top result is the 20 hottest cooking show hosts. <laughs> And it's all women, so... Of course it is. Well, that's just... Yeah, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I feel like we have to explain that when we say that it's not... It doesn't make sense for Sora to go into fashion design. Like, there there are similar things about the guys, too. Like, Davis shows no inclination to running a noodle cart. Maybe he does, actually. He mentions mentions that as as a kid, actually. But it's in, like, the last episode. Ty does not show inclination towards being a diplomat. Matt does not show inclination towards being an astronaut. Whatever the other roles are. None of them are really foreshadowed that well. But it's problematic because it's it seems so contrary to to Sora's arc yeah and to the interests that she shows yeah the other ones are like okay I don't see how we got there because like there's a lot of time that elapsed like you don't need to know exactly what you're going to do as a kid yeah but yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah Anyway. Except for Joe. Joe's makes sense. Oh, Joe, Joe was like... <laughs> Joe's the only one. I still may insist that Joe has like no development. He's just like, I'm gonna be a doctor. I'm a doctor. I got a Digimon somewhere in between. Joe has plenty of development. I will fight you. <laughs> Should we talk about the show being for guys? Yeah. So the thing that... Ashley, do you want to do this? There have been some comments made that it's not really pushback against this gender segment. It's just people have been like, you guys seem to do it every time. Like, is it really that important? This the show is for is made for boys, so like it's okay. Which is we do we do not believe that is true. So the fact that it doesn't matter because it's a show made for boys is wrong. Because by the same token, all of you boys watching it, and there are absolutely going to be girls because there are far less shows made for little girls than there are for little boys or to be gender neutral or whatever. It's the way that you learn how to interact with other humans of the female gender and it gives you such a one or two dimensional idea of what a girl is supposed to be or can be ever can achieve and it's just wrong and I mean here I'll make it personal. In the first episode I really hated Ty saying Sora is okay for a girl because that is exactly the types of things that I was told when I had to play ice hockey on an all-male team. It's like you are good at ice hockey for a girl. Why is there a qualifier? There shouldn't be a qualifier. It's either you're good at hockey or you're not. (laughs) Like, uh, so frustrating. I'd like to add to that in that why does it matter if the show was made for boys? You know, the author is dead. 
the author is dead, okay? And death to the author. Was and and why does you know when it was brought to America, particularly since we're watching the dub, like why what advertisement ever specifically said, hey, this show is for boys. You know, you can have your explosions, you can you can um you know pump up the violence, you can pump up the action, but why are those necessarily guy things? Like I. <sighs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be personal about this too and I'm going to, you know, come out on this show because I think it's important for people to know where I'm coming from. I am male. I was not raised male. I grew up for 16 years of my life female. And growing up with all of that, all of this media feedback on what girls are probably, you know, messed me up in some ways. Probably, you know, it damaged what I thought I should be doing, what I thought I could do with my life. And, you know, like, why perpetuate any of this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there is a reason. It's the easy way. It is the easy way. It and never take the easy way. <laughs> and it's very easy for people listening to our podcast to question why we keep bringing it up, why we keep harping on it. It's because the world harps on it and nobody comments on it. Everyone thinks it's the default, that it's just how things are. And if... I, th- I think that's the most... I think that's the most dangerous thing that yes. it's okay because it's a default. Yes. And like, yes. it's these things where you just accept it and you don't think about it. You have these blinders on. Yeah. You don't realize the consequences of mm-hmm. having an attitude. So it's very easy for, you know, it's very easy for you, Jeff, for example, to not notice these things because it doesn't affect you. Yeah. It, it yeah. does affect you actually because it affects how you interact. Oh, with exactly. Like girls, but it doesn't hurt you directly. Right. It, yeah. it, I, th- I think it does hurt me indirectly, but. And you know, that goes for a lot of our listeners <laughs> too. So, before you go all oh this is so annoying to keep bringing this up like don't they understand that there's no point this is just how things are like fix it fix the th- yeah. way things are and then we'll stop harping about it yeah well i mean it's not like the people in the audience are in the position to fix it i i mean i think it's really sad that i once wrote an article about inequality and in payment between male and female coaches at our college and that's like a real those are real people who are yeah. being paid less and literally the last segment that I wrote was, it's just the way it is. That was their comment. They're like, well, women get paid less than men. And that's why. Wait, sorry, that was someone else's line that you quoted? Or that was your words? No, every, all the coaches told me that. Like, mm-hmm. And that that's not even like, a lot of media representation is um, kind of up to personal interpretation. But like, when you have numbers, it's, you cannot argue with the numbers. Yeah. Yes. Numbers are real. So, hey, you know, ladies and gender people, <laughs> gender people. <laughs> people with genders. You know, like, get get more of your friends, get more of your friends thinking about this. Not just, you know, in Digimon, because... Because Digimon. <laughs> but, you know, in general, in general. But think about it in Digimon too. <laughs> I heard an argument recently that I think is worth bringing up that it was on the Anime News Network podcast. Um, and they mentioned that the way they described it was that Tumblr feminists, I think was the word they used, which is very problematic mm. on its own. But anyway, they said that they, it's like the story of the boy who cried wolf and they don't know how to pick their battles. So if they complain about everything, the general audience doesn't but know what. Everything is wrong. <laughs> Right, right. So they, they said, like, they shouldn't complain about everything because then when something actually is problematic, no one will listen to them anymore. And I think there are so many things wrong with that. For example, no one... There was a lot of controversy recently about the latest episode of Game of Thrones, um, which Ashley and I are catching up with Game of Thrones. We haven't seen it yet, so we don't know exactly uh, what happens. Yeah. Uh, except, do you know? No. 
<laughs> I might have. I, I don't know which episode of Game of Thrones I've been watching, actually. <laughs> wow. We record. We record it, and I'm also like, I watched the first uh, two thirds of the first season, then like I missed everything, and now I've seen the last couple episodes, and I'm just like, wow, a, a lot happened while I was not watching. So I don't think we can actually refer to what happened without making without making the podcast explicit but it was very problematic and a lot of people got upset about it and there was no there was no like people ignoring the problem because people talk about problematic things and other things you know like if there are more problematic things that arise there are gonna be more people talking about it the way to get more attention is not to not talk about things thank you jeff yes (laughs) and yeah there's not there's we cannot some people would say that like you shouldn't be talking about you should be making things that fix the problem it's like just because we have not a film critic is not does not have an invalid opinion about a movie because they have not made better movies yeah like hopefully we can change public opinion which will change how they react to this media and so they won't just consume it and have no questions about it if there's some pushback from the audience then things can change yes that's what we we have to say about that (laughs) all of that So I don't, we don't mean any ill will or I, I okay, I, I'm not going to speak right now. I don't mean any ill will. <laughs> what, what I, what I am trying to combat is this is a general opinion accepted by people who don't, I guess, question it as much. And I like to get people questioning things more. Good. Yes. I don't, I also don't bear any ill will. I just, you know, some things strike a certain button and when that button's been pushed about five million times, then uh, you push back. Mm. Yeah. I don't have ill will. It just makes me sad. I get sad about sometimes yeah okay you mean the crest of sadness no no that is so good now (laughs) Uh, still gotta write my story fan fiction I want to talk about the digital world because this is kind of the last snapshot of it we get before it all falls apart later on, um, in this season at least. And I had some issues with, like, do we think, they set up some things in here that are kind of make it more like the real world. There are um, restaurants, there's a shop. Well, it's a shop where you, it's a weird curiosity shop, but... <laughs> I loved that pun, by the way. Oh, what was the pun? Oh, that it's a curiosity shop. It's a curiosity shop. shop. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, that was pretty clever. Although I guess I kind of fell into it. They didn't really like... <laughs> I feel like they flesh out in this way and it's it's not believable that like you don't I don't really get the sense that like do Digimon venture to this restaurant? Do they need do they go to restaurants? Do they go to shops? Like Yes. Obviously. I always think it's really lazy whenever some really super fictional world just totally mirrors our world. So lazy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they they one of the interesting settings, so it's like, it's easy to just be like, there's a restaurant, that'd be cool, right? And without, like, are there Digimon that have money that get food instead of making their own food? Like, the, the concept of how Digimon get their food in this world doesn't make sense either. They pay with American dollars. Oh, yeah. Because they go to America yeah. somehow. Apparently. And love our presidents. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, cool. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if this was, you know, like the writers were like, oh, we're not going to see the digital world again. Let's like flesh it out. Or if it just they wanted settings. I think they just wanted settings. Even if it was to flesh it out, it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's really all you could think of. (laughs) It makes zero percent sense. (laughs) Yes, we have to talk about this card game that happened. This definitely has to be a thing that we talk about. 
Stewart. Why? This is clearly just to sell the card game, right? Like, well, they're not. I guess I would believe that if they looked like the real life cards. They don't. They don't. That's true. But just what was? Uh, I feel like this is also lazy writing, and that they're like Jedi is like I'm a Digimon without any attributes or whatever. Like what? He doesn't say he's a Digimon, right? He just says what makes me different from them. I have no attributes. Right. Which it's also weird because he talks about being data, and I'm like, so you mean like data the word, not like data the attribute? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, yes. I mean, I too many words. What? Too <laughs> yeah, many what? words. Too many. many words Goodbye. to say. Goodbye. <laughs> Where are you going? No. Nowhere. <laughs> going to put my brain in a jar. Does it look like a gray blob? <laughs> Mine's green. Oh, yeah. Was, was Izzy's not green? Izzy's was, was kind gray. of purple. It was like purplish gray. Oh, yeah, okay. I would buy that. <laughs> but just Jedi, why? Why is his house in a lake? Yes, I know it wasn't under the sea, people who are all nitpicky about the facts. It was under a lake. You're trying to be funny, okay? <laughs> You're so angry. <laughs> I just, I'm tired of these fact-checking things. Like, I don't go and fact-check things after I watch them. I just watch them, and I feel things, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> Do you feel the heart of the cards? Apparently. Uh, that, I, I hated that choice, because it came down to just, I just chose Agumon, because I like Agumon better. He didn't even choose, really. If you noticed, he flipped them both upside down, and then flipped one over. He made up that excuse to tell Koromon, I think. And Koromon was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Koromon side-eyed him pretty hard. (laughs) That was my whole dilemma with this thing. I was like, well, clearly Tai wants to choose Agumon because that's his Digimon. (laughs) Yeah, why wouldn't he? Also, why Agumon and Gomamon? Why? Why anything? (laughs) Because they are both vaccine types. I think. I actually don't know that for a fact about Gomamon, but I assume so because the episode told me so. (laughs) You can't trust that. It bothered me so much that they used the wrong uh, names for the forms. Right? Didn't they? They were like, this is in training rookie and champion. Oh, yes. So they messed that up. They, they should have said rookie, champion, and ultimate. They messed up a lot of stuff. And in the order that they introduced the columns, they the dubbing didn't match what was shown. Yep. We noticed. Uh, yeah. Like, we noticed, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I found... I mean, it's like, I understand they want to set up a tension of, like, what do we, like, it can't just be like we get there and it's an obvious puzzle and we put them in. And we wanted some reason for, like, Ty to have to make a decision. But they just, they just, like, never address any of this ever again. Yeah, do oh, yeah. cards, be, are cards important again? No. Oh. No, but I guess, I guess introducing the elements <laughs> did feel, I guess that is an introduction to the card game. Because, like, that never becomes, the, 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 sorry, not the elements, the attributes, they're not important to the show. Nope. No. Nope. That's why I don't even know how you people know who's a what of anything. Because I, I played the card game. Why would you do that? Because <laughs> I have a little brother. Mm, I wish I had someone to play with. Uh-huh. Well, had. Well, anyway, the, the defaults are um, that the good Digimon are vaccines and the bad Digimon are virus, and that neutral Digimon are data. Uh, and I guess it's pretty rare that they break that mold. Well, Patamon uh, is data. Oh, really? Hmm. That's so interesting. Damn it, I said interesting. <laughs> was, that, was that on purpose? What? I, I thought you. I thought you would pause to say it on purpose. You're like, that's so interesting. Wink, wink. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought you were pretending. I to had be a. Like, moment of i lapsed my brain lapsed but you were like i'm like the plebes who can't resist saying interesting apparently i can't resist it either like <laughs> you you build it up you build up the resistance all right i only said it once i think yeah so you're tied with me tied for, for this episode uh, i think tied. you mean tai cheed i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so i had some questions about jenna in general because Okay. I just found it weird. They finally have access to all this information, and they—I guess—I guess it was good how they do ask a lot of questions. 
how refreshing they don't answer a lot of them. <laughs> um, I guess that's, that, that's where I, I thought of Lost and how, but it's better than Lost had a lot of issues in the fact that there were so many questions the fan base had. And whenever the, the characters were presented with the ability to ask questions, they asked like one or none. And, you know, you can write it off and saying like, well, they're in like life threatening situations. They're not going to care about these questions right now. But it's frustrating. There's such a big disconnect. And at least the kids in the show did ask a ton of questions. But I wish Jenna had answered them more. Right. You can always rely on the Izzy to ask the questions. But shouldn't the kids have demanded answers? Like, they asked him questions, and then he was like, I'm not going to give you any. They, they should have pressed him. They should have, like, beat him up. He's an old man. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jeff. No, that's not what you should do <laughs> to old people. <laughs> boys and girls do not li- uh, Boys and girls and other, I guess. Do not listen to Jeff. Ever. <laughs> Don't try this at home. <laughs> I also liked how, oh, it was when he gave the laptop to Izzy. He mentions that he put a cool screensaver on it. And I was like, wow, that's such a data reference. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was so funny. So I guess, I guess the, the idea of screensavers isn't so dated, but the idea that, like, everyone knows about the same screensavers. Like, oh, the one right. with the fish. <laughs> like, I, I liked, you know, it reminded me of being in elementary school. And it was like, you'd have the screensavers in the classrooms and people would just watch screensavers instead of playing atten- paying attention in class. And it was like, oh, it's the one with the maze, or the one with the space, or the one... We should have an episode talking about screensavers from the 90s, is what I'm saying. Yeah. What was the? What is the point of screensavers? Do they do anything besides distract you? Well, it's it's better for the it's better for the computer. Well, it was better for the computer for CRTs, I believe, um, that there could be burn-in on the monitor if the same image was displayed for too long. Yeah. Um, ah. and it's, it's the same thing you have to take into account now if you have a plasma TV. Um, and there are issues, for example, if you have a plasma TV and play games that have persistent HUD elements or whatever that stands for. So if like you're playing a game and the same thing is always in the bottom left, like in, for example, Kingdom Hearts, the spell or attack, the HP bar or whatever is always in the same place Yeah. on a plasma TV and an older plasma TV. I think they've gotten better about it. An older plasma TV that could burn into the display and be cool. stuck there. Uh, but I mean, Don't play too much Kingdom Hearts. This is the moral of the story. <laughs> on a plasma TV. On a plasma On an old TV, plasma yeah. TV. But yeah. I think I'm pretty sure with LCD monitors, it's not a problem. And especially for laptops, like you just close it was a laptop like and it was on a laptop anyway whatever (laughs) thank you for explaining all these tech things yes that was actually very educational (laughs) poop poop there's so much poop wait why is there drugs Ashley because thought this whole thing was on drugs, this whole arc. This whole arc was on, and literally, really, those mushrooms weren't psychedelic mushrooms. They totally were. <laughs> also, soda. Yeah, I actually have soda <laughs> Soda in quotes on my notes. It just says soda. Soda. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, uh-huh. What, what, I, was this different in Japanese? Did they? Oh, that was almost definitely alcohol in Japanese. Yeah, I have not watched not it, but I'm, I'm 100% that. sure that was, Jap- that was alcohol in Japanese. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. Yeah, like... <laughs> For, for those who don't know exactly what we're referring to, uh, Nannymon in uh, episode 27, yes. whatever, there's a Nannymon and... Um, oh, can I talk about Nannymon? Sure. Did you not question what he is? What is he? He's a bomb. Uh, so, no. What? He has a uh, fuse. Think about the question more. What is he? Oh my god. Jeff's playing these games with us. <laughs> no, his his name is Nani. Is what? Yes. I know. It comes from it just means he's he's just supposed to be what what is this? Yes. That, that is is what he is. Yes. Wow. But apparently it comes from a, t- a Tomodachi character that um 
guess looks less ridiculous as a Tomodachi character. Well, that makes sense, I guess. But I don't... How is he a bomb? I think he's related to... Um, oh, isn't there like a bomber Nannymon? And Ash is saying that the little hair on his head is a fuse. Yeah. Well, actually, it actually is a fuse on bomber Nannymon. Oh, I see. Yeah, like the hair on him is not a fuse, but bomber Nannymon is a fuse. Yeah, whatever. Huh. I tried not to think about it too much this time, actually. I was like, oh, this is like a strange ball of flesh walking around. Please put it away. Yeah, it was really gross. Oh, yeah. bomber Nannymon is the one in Savers slash that gets on yeah, the hate from the one, Squad. the one they turned into an orange yes yeah andrew talks about that one a lot i didn't see that episode <laughs> or if i did see that episode it was like the last episode of savers that i saw i was like i'm done <laughs> but, um, yeah so nannyman uh was running boot camp and agumon and palmon infiltrated it and one of the numamon snuck out to get nannyman drunk so they could all escape from boot camp and god this the this arc this arc sure was a thing that there happened were, there <laughs> were lots of drugs consumed to make this arc i i would agree yeah i would agree there was also a lot of poop in this arc okay so, a lot of poop. so on to the topic of poop um <laughs> So I think our first introduction to Poop in his arc is in the episode about Izzy. Um, and I'm trying to remember why I watched this segment in Japanese. I guess I was just curious, but when... Uh, Curiosity, so- Izzy. Yeah, did your crest of knowledge activate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's when Demi Devimon is trying to... Vedamon has captured um, Izzy and Dentomon in his realm of outer space, whatever. And Demi Devimon is trying to get Vedamon to sell him the crests. And in the English dub, uh, Vedamon says, well, give me your curiosity, which is the same thing I got from Izzy. And Myris, or Demi Devimon's like, okay, let me try to get my curiosity. And he proceeds to try to poop. Um, <laughs> and I guess before that, Vedamon <laughs> imagines I, I his curiosity. Oh, yeah. He definitely made noises like he was trying to poop. And I was like, what's going on? Yeah, I and was I very confused. Before that, Vedamon, <laughs> Vedamon imagines his curiosity as being a giant thing of crystallized poop. And it's like, what? So I watched that Jap- in Japanese. Uh-huh. And so, okay. So I actually, I tried to dig into this some more and couldn't. So in the subtitles, they say that um, Vedamon doesn't want his curiosity. He wants his droppings. And he's imagining his droppings when he thinks of the giant crystallized poop. Why is that better, though? Why, why so, does so, he want that? So wh- yeah, why does so he want that? I tried to, read, I tried to like, look into that more because I'm like, droppings? That could be a weird translation. And ugh, I can't remember what he says, but like the one word, there's the um, shot of him looking at the poop and he says, like, oh, I can't remember what the word is, but I looked up that word and I couldn't find any definition for it that made any sense as droppings. Um, so that could be a mistranslation, but it seems to make more sense than cur- think it's curiosity. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just still doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. Period. But I think, and then it's confusing because then Demi Devamon tries to poop and can't or whatever. And then Vedamon gets annoyed <laughs> with him for the same reason. And in the dub, you're like, it's because he's offending him by trying to poop. Like, what the hell? Like, of course he'd get upset. In Japanese, he's asking for his poop. So I, try, I, try, I thought about it. ridiculous. <laughs> I thought about it and I was like, okay, maybe Demi Devamon by droppings meant like not his own, but like some rare droppings he got from somewhere else. And so the idea of him making his own droppings, Vedamon was like, wow, I'm offended. Or maybe it was the fact that Demi, Demi De- maybe it was the fact that Demi Devamon couldn't make the droppings on the spot that he was offended by. Maybe. There were so many levels of not making any sense. Faithful listeners, please help us. So get to funny. the bottom of this poop story. <laughs> That was great. This was fantastic. <laughs> Ew, what did you just post? <laughs> it's Bomber Nanny Mon. What Ew, is why does he have a goatee in his crotch? Yeah, because that's also where his chin is. 
Oh. <laughs> Shelby's gross. <laughs> so is he only present in, I think he's only in Sabres. I don't know about that. I don't know, man. At first I thought you said Tamers, and I was like, what? And then no, you said Sabres, no. and I was like, okay. <laughs> or are we done with poop? Have we had our fill of poop? I I have nothing that's gonna I nothing can top that, so like what are we supposed to do? Unanswered questions. Why do the digivices suddenly help you locate people in this arc? Yes! Biggest question! They've done that before. No, they have done that before, but why don't they always work? Why does it only work sometimes? Why does... Why? Why does it seem why like does... only Ty can do it at No, first? It's, not, it's not just Ty. Or... It, Matt's worked too, but Ty's only worked at first. Because I remember being weirded out that Joe had to like look at his device. It was like, why? Why is okay, this maybe, happening? Maybe a plausible explanation is that Edamon's Dark Network was messing it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no. And also, why does, like, whenever Sora is being all stealthy, why don't they notice her on the map? Yeah, exactly! <laughs> right? I don't know, guys. <laughs> I have an unanswered question. When Izzy was making the letters with his body, how did he make W? Did they show him? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best unanswered question! <laughs> so good. <laughs> that, that's all I have, actually. <laughs> that's the only thing I wondered. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really have any unanswered questions. I mean, I just questioned this whole arc. Just why? <laughs> so I have, I have a lot of unanswered questions. They're kind of uninteresting. It's like, why was the last arc set in the desert if they could have just walked a day and found not desert? Um, why does Demi Devamun not steal TK's crest when it's just lying there? Because he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, this is this is I don't know. Like, why the Skype call? Why are the so this the Skype call between Ty and Izzy? Obviously not Skype. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, um, what? I was like, what's what? Skype, Skype call right now? What's our, happening? What's wrong with our Skype call? <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, why... Why was it different? Right, so it's only different than the dub, apparently. Apparently, according to Digimon Wiki, in the in the original Japanese, it's the same dialogue um, in Home Away From Home. Uh, and I'm just like... That makes a lot more sense. Was the localization, do they want to... Do they have a reason for that? Or were they just sloppy and not realize it was supposed to be the same? And I don't It may know. be different writers working on different episodes also. Oh, interesting. Um, I also found it's like even in the original Japanese. This is another point where we talked about like the original Japanese isn't perfect too. Like in the Japanese, in both versions, why is Tentomon the one looking at the laptop and Izzy's always the one on screen in from Ty's perspective? But and also like why? How do, does his laptop have a webcam? Does Ty's desktop computer in 1999 have a webcam? Yeah, I question Ty's desktop computer having any capability of doing this. <laughs> well, it's digital. It can just read your image. I don't know okay digi magic why does bergemon attack flymon like they're all in the rookie form and they haven't even like like they could go to champion to defeat flymon i think i think they may not have had enough power to do so but they do later that episode time elapsed i guess maybe they rested yeah yeah i don't know i mean none of them not all of them had fought recently like palman hadn't fought recently uh gomon hadn't fought recently well, i guess he did fight in where Gurumon's diner i just think that was kind of lazy like they needed a reason to bring sword they needed a reason to track down sword i mean yeah that was like the theme of this arc is like we need to do this thing mm. why can't they just <laughs> find sora's digivice on Ugh. maybe they would have you know raised the question of why haven't we seen her digivice on the digivice map before 
That would have been too easy. Too easy. Easy? This is the road where you, the time where you should have taken the easy road. Actually, you shouldn't have. You should have just written a better story. <laughs> I was wondering, does Jedi write Digimon fan fiction? Because when he talks about that world where Digimon and humans switch skins, that definitely sounded like fan fiction. <laughs> I think your answer is yes. <laughs> yes, he definitely does. <laughs> he definitely does. It reminds me of Adventure Time. In, in Adventure Time, in the context of the show, there was a character who writes fan fiction about the universe of the show. Yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, it's really good, and Ashley hates it for no reason. No comment. All right, ridiculous dialogue draft time, where we go around and pick our top three funniest or most ridiculous or most touching lines from the episodes, and theoretically we choose a winner. And Jeff made this because he thinks it's like a sports draft, but he doesn't really know, like, understand sports, because it's not at all like a sports draft. Ashley's going first, and um, then Jeff, then me, I guess. Okay. Oh my god, I get to go first for once. So Ashley yesterday told me, like, she was like, I have these three, I have to say them, I'm going to kill you if you don't let me say them, (laughs) basically. You you better find out what those are so that you don't say them and you don't die. (laughs) But then I was like, well, you can't possibly say, like, there are only three of us, so I would have to get to say at least one of them. (laughs) Yes, and you're going first, so you get to pick your favorite. Right, so this is in episode 26. I can't really remember the context of it. Something with Sora, drama, blah, blah, blah. And Ty says, like, because the answer is underwhelming. I think it might have been something that Mimi said. He says, That's it? I thought it was something serious, like they were going to stop making those stuffed beanbag animals. (laughs) Yeah, I have that written down, too. It was something Sora said, actually. Oh, it was something Sora said? Yeah. I wanted to punch Ty so much in this episode. I actually wrote down, like, curse words at Ty. (laughs) my notes (laughs) how dare you (laughs) i thought um, i thought the line was tragic because i was like no ty you don't know what the future is gonna bring they're gonna discontinue them anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah i felt really weird about that i was like they don't make those anymore (laughs) i mean they they might make something some variant of it but yeah but they don't make beanie babies it's not not the 90s anymore it was so good so funny I still have all mine. Oh god! Maybe like my my mom was really into the collection <laughs> phase. Fade. What's what do I think? Fade. Phase. 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 Bad. 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 Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was really into that fad and like dragged me along with it. So I have so many. Yeah, between me and my brother, we have a lot. All right, Jeff. Oh, okay. Um. Huh. Okay. My number one pick is also from episode 26. Um, I can't remember where it is in relation to that last quote, but it is, um, I think Matt says something like, he write, like they're talking about Sora's emotions and Matt's like, oh, just let her be. She'll figure it out herself. And then uh, the actual quote is, Agumon says, boy, Matt's like a real grown up. Then Gabumon says, now if only he would cut his hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, that one was so good. Sick burn. Sick burn. That's not one of my three, though. Oh, it wasn't one of your three. Oh. My turn. Mine is from episode 25. I actually messed up all the episode numbering. I thought we started with 21, but no, that was 22, Uh wasn't it? Yes. Okay, well, so this is episode 25, which is the Mimi episode. And Ty, um, Mimi says something. I don't know. And Ty just goes, That's Princess Meanie! And I was like, How old are you? (laughs) Are you four? (laughs) 
Oh, she said Meanie. No, Ty said, said that's Princess Meanie. Okay, okay. I don't think uh, I, heard, I don't think I noticed that when I watched. Yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't notice that. <laughs> no, he totally said it. Wow. So, yeah. And then that's in the next bad. episode, when she gets off of the duck paddle boat thing, he's still making fun of her. She, I wanted to yeah, punch Ty so many times. What did he say though? It was kind of funny. It was kind it down, of funny. He was like, I? he was like, come down off your throne, and she was like, this is not a throne. Oh yeah, and then he's like, she was like, I wouldn't call this a throne, and he was like, well, I wouldn't. Call you a princess. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That was. Oh funny. man, where's the Digimon Game of Thrones crossover fanfic where Mimi? <laughs> is on the I throne. would read the crap out of that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boy, howdy. <laughs> All right, Ashley. All right, you successfully didn't say any of my other two. Okay. Well, which one is more important to me? Man, so hard. All right, I'll go with this one. This is also from episode 26. Episode 26, poor Sora. Had a lot of ridiculous lines for me. <laughs> um, so it's Demi Demivon is talking to Myotismon, and Myotismon is like, you're a failure, rah, rah, rah. And Dem- Demi Demivon tries to placate him, and he's like, everyone makes mistakes. Remember Disco? I was like, what? Disco's awesome, first of all. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so my turn now? Yes. Okay, so this is episode 24, which is the Izzy one, right? Don't sure? ask me. I have the month uh, wrong. Yeah. Yes. Okay. yes so yes, it's it Izzy episode and Vedamon. So I find this I find this funny, but I also find it funny because of a reference. Um, I was going to reference. It's when Vedamon is attacking them, and one of his attacks is to throw plants at them, and he says, Nothing like a speeding planet to give them the ultimate headache. Actually, you know what I'm thinking of, right? Oh. Yes, you do. Maybe once you say it, I'll be like, oh, yeah. Uh, Sephiroth in Final Fantasy VII. Oh. <laughs> so there's this attack, the the main boss of Final Fantasy VII, has an attack that he basically, it's weird because it, it makes the whole game set on Earth so that he can have this, like, no else in the game do they say it's set on Earth. And then this attack, they show Earth being destroyed by all the planets coming and attacking it. Oh, no, there's a supernova that, like, destroys all the galaxy. And then you take, like, a thousand damage or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that's what it reminded me of. So I thought it was funny in its own right, but more funny with that reference. <laughs> All right. Ashes turn. Oh, my turn. Yeah. All right. This one is from episode 27. And Nannymon says, Just watch! And Demi Devimon is just like, I don't wanna. I was like, <laughs> because Really? Like, I made you- <laughs> yeah. Yes. I guess it made more sense in context with the line before it, where Demi Devimon's like, "Are you? Can you whip these guys into shape?" And Nanimon's like, "Yeah, I got this." And Demi, just watch. And Demi Devimon's just like, "Nope." <laughs> just the delivery of it made me really happy. I like Demi Devimon. I wish he wasn't. No, I like him the way he is. Actually, <laughs> there are so many ridiculous lines in this. Like, I have like yeah. fifteen written down. Yeah, this was a great arc <laughs> for ridiculous <laughs> lines. All right, me again. Go. Still in my top three. All right. This is episode 23 when, uh, after Wergurumon has defeated, what's his face? The egg one. <laughs> what is his name? I don't know. And then he has <laughs> to go save Joe from um, Vegemon. So then Matt says, Vegemon, you better let go of him. And then Wergurumon says, Unless you want to be solid. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Guys. <laughs> nice. I think I think that's the first things that Wegarumon said was unless you Oh yeah, that's his first line. Yeah, that's his first line. It's quality. <laughs> Jeffrey. Okay. I have another one that's only funny with context to reference. And it's also Vedamon. <laughs> you like that guy. Uh, I just think his lines for some reason connect with recent media. Well, I guess Final Fantasy Seven is not recent. <laughs> 
Anyway, Final Sin without the time, wasn't it? Huh. That's weird yeah. to think about. Anyway, um, so this is this is funny, more funny in context. It's uh, I can't remember when he says it actually. It might be when he's uh, when he meets Demi Devamon. It's like he like introduces himself. He says, "Penny for your thoughts." And it's funny because he wants a penny. He wants to give a penny to take his thoughts. But the oh, main yeah. reason I find it. <laughs> The main reason I find it hilarious is this uh, clip from, commu- from Community. Oh, my turn. Okay. So this is my last one, right? So this is from episode 22, I guess. And I actually couldn't write it down. It's at 537, 537 minutes into the episode. And Ty is cooking the mushroom. Oh, actually, I guess it's 537 minutes from the end of the episode. And Ty is cooking the mushrooms for TK. And TK's like, oh, that looks great, or whatever he says. And Ty just says this awful fake French. Voila, les mushrooms de la barbecue. They'll be ready in just a minute. And I just like could oh, yeah. not believe how <laughs> bad it was. Like, I know the point was that it was supposed to be bad, but you know, there's like, suppo- there's bad and then there's funny because it's supposed to be bad and then there's like, not funny because it's supposed to be bad and then there's like, so bad that listening to it just like, hits hits your like, laughter brain matter without actually going through any other part of your <laughs> consciousness and i was just like what is happening <laughs> oh my god anyway i just want that quote in this episode wait can i throw in an honorable mention <laughs> yeah ashley you throw in an honorable mention every time i know it's good it's re- this is part of the segment <laughs> It's from episode 24. It's your favorite episode, Jeff. The Vatamon episode. It's not from Vatamon, though. <laughs> it's when Izzy and Tentomon are just getting surrounded by signs. I guess it's before they get surrounded by signs. And Tentomon says... Oh, I think I have this one written Oh, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says... Look, Izzy, it's a sign. You mean from above? No, you're on the ground. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, not yeah. actually the one I have written down. No! <laughs> No. Although I thought that one was funny. I had that one written down because I don't think it's that funny out of context, but the deliver the way Tentamon says no here on the ground is Exactly. Like, it's yeah, like here yeah. on the ground. <laughs> Come on, <Yeah>. Izzy. <laughs> uh which made me find it I found it ironic that for for twenty three episodes or whatever, Izzy has been like aliens, aliens, aliens. And then he finally meets an alien. And he's like, whatever, alien. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I think that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I wonder if the dub writers that were just like, they knew there was going to be an episode of Aliens, so they are like, let's have him talk about Aliens every episode. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. That takes forethought. Yeah. All right. You can find the show notes for this episode at poddigits.com slash six. We're at poddigits on Twitter, and I'm at Jeff and Jeff, though I don't tweet about Digimon much. You can send us feedback about the show at poddigits at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Tumblr and Facebook and all those links are on the website, poddigits.com slash six. If you found us on the web and are listening on the site, you should subscribe to the show on iTunes or on any podcast app. Also, if you like the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Next week, we celebrate the kids finally getting to eat some dang cheeseburgers. If you want to watch along with us, it's episodes 29 to 34. Bye. And if anybody wants to fight me about this, I'll fight you. I'm kidding. Don't fight me. I'm not kidding. I will fight you. Yeah, but this doesn't make any sense because it says in Japanese, then TK is 12 in a 02 and Sora is 14. So how did he gain? <laughs> how did he age five years and she aged two? What? <laughs> <laughs>
Wait, wait, wait. Amazing. No, she, she aged three and he aged five. Sorry. That still doesn't so, make yeah. any sense. <laughs> Amazeballs. <laughs> uh, it's, everything is beautiful.